Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What is up, everybody? Welcome into this live Thursday episode of Flippin' Bass, where we got a lot to talk about. The trade deadline has come and gone, and now, well, we get to see how the second half plays out. We'll talk making a statement. Are the Astros set up to repeat? Can the Angels get to the playoffs? The Reds, the Cincinnati Reds, did they do enough to win the division? And the Atlanta Braves, is this the best Atlanta Braves team of all time? I also have some thoughts and words on Steve Cohen and the direction of this Mets team, as well as BVP and some fan questions. This one's going to be a blast. Let's get to it. What is up, my friends? Happy Thursday, everybody. Happy Thursday, Alex. As always, I am joined by Alex Curry. And Alex, it was a wild couple of days for us. I mean, it was crazy. Just Tuesday in general. What a day for the baseball world, but especially for your family and the Astros. Astro fans had to have been going absolutely nuts on Tuesday, starting the day, getting your brother Justin Verlander back, ending the day with Framber Valdez throwing <laughs> a no-hitter, the first one since your brother threw. Yeah, first no-hitter for the Astros since Justin's in 2019, and he threw it. He threw a Greg Maddox, which means a, a complete game in under 100 pitches, which you hardly ever see anymore, by the way. A no-hitter, no-hitter, and 90 three pitches first left-handed pitcher in the history of the Astros organization to throw a no hitter. And, you know, we really haven't seen a lot of those this year. Really. Mm -hmm. It's only the second for uh, a one pitcher. We've seen a complete, game. we've seen a combined yeah. no hitter from the Tigers, but Domingo German threw one earlier, a perfect game earlier this year for the Yankees. And then Framber Valdez for the Astros, the second pitcher, this year, just one to do it. I, what a performance. And like you said, <laughs> what a day for the Astros. Uh, it, it was interesting. I was talking to um, a, a player on, on the Astros team uh, about that trade and, and about Justin and what it's going to mean for that team and a player. He specifically mentioned Framber and, and the, the pitching staff and how much yeah. that bringing Justin back will help the team. And like, really, you know, he, he comes with a lot of energy and yeah. passion and the, the veteran presence that he brings and how much it's going to help a rotation. I don't think anybody knew it would happen this. I mean, he wasn't even in the dugout yeah. yet, but it's just, it was cool the way it all worked out of him signing and the, you know, the, the energy that it brought to the team and then Framber going out and throwing a no hitter. It was quite the night for the Astros. Yeah. Fans, your everybody, but let's, let's roll that into our uh, first segment here in making a statement. Cause let's dive deeper into the Astros right now. Our first statement, the Astros are now set up to repeat as world series champs. I, I do now believe that the Astros are set up 
to repeat for the first time since the New York Yankees in 1998, 99, and 2000. They did it three in a row, but nobody has repeated since them. And I believe this Astros team is set up now to do that. And, And it is because they added Justin to the top of that rotation, and they are ready to run it back with Framber now stepping into, you know, Framber has solidified himself as an ace of a staff kind of guy. So to now get him paired with Justin, who's pitching like he has for the last couple of years at this point, he's got a 1.7 ERA over the last two plus months. And, you know, you get Jordan back, you get Altuve back, you look at the AL West and the Astros are tied for the division lead in a year where you have the Rangers going all out Mm -hmm. and playing great and one of the best teams in baseball. And then you have the Astros on the other hand, who have been without Altuve and without Jordan, Jordan and Altuve have only been in the same lineup together, like 17, 18 times this year. And if you were to say that to the Astros and to say, they do not have Justin Verlander this year, Altuve and Jordan are going to be in the lineup less than 20 times come the beginning of August. But you're going to be tied for the division lead with a, a, a Rangers team that's been historically good for them. I, I think if you're an Astros fan, you look up and say, like, we're, I mean, this is this is best case scenario for it. I mean, look at this tweet. How much did Justin shift the Astros World Series win percentage? Fangraph said the Astros have an 11.3% chance to win the World Series. This is tied with the Rays, which leads the American League. Also, the Astros now have a 60.3% chance to win the division and the Rangers 34. 60% chance to win that division, which, I, you know, a, a month ago, they were a pretty good bit behind. Well, yeah, they just got back, like, as you mentioned, kind of a core group of guys that helped them win the World Series last year, getting Altuve back, getting Jordan back, and then now picking up your brother, the ace of the staff, while already now having Framber kind of take over that role the first half of the season. Now you have two aces of this staff knowing that you can count on these guys for a win almost every single time that they come up that on the mound. The core that since 2017, and I know Jordan's not part of, of that, but since 2017, Altuve, huge part. Altuve's, almost, Altuve's the leader yeah. of that team offensively. And since 2017, Justin has been the leader of that pitching staff on, on the pitching side of things. So for the majority of this season, this is a new look Astros team. You didn't have yeah. Jose and you didn't have Justin. And then at the trade deadline, one via a trade and one had just come back, you get both of them back and you have the bands back together. It is. This Astros team has to, of course, they are now built to run it back and to be the first team since the New York Yankees to to win back-to-back World Series. And uh, every Saturday I have John Smoltz on, and, and we talked about this Astros team. Uh, this, is, th- this is coming up. You'll hear it this coming Saturday. But I want to play a clip of what John had to say about the Astros. A checkmate, Houston Astros. <laughs> it's like they went and got your brother. And, and that, to me, is 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 all the adrenaline that team needed. You know, it's a, it's a familiar face. It's, it's obviously he's pitching great. And then right after the news, you get a no hitter by Valdez. So I think the, uh, the, the central kind of stole the show as far as uh, Texas went out and did what they had to do. And then Houston countered and uh, the, 
So it's just ir- ironic that both yeah. those players came from the same team. Um, they were teammates, and now they're going at it again. If you're just watching, you might say, Ben, that's the same shirt you're wearing currently, to which I'd say, ha just recorded that interview. <laughs> Show business, baby. Uh, but yeah, I, I that that move, what he was talking about right before, and yeah. you can hear it all on Saturday. We talked about a lot more than that, but he's talking about the Rangers and how aggressive they've been, yeah. and how much better they've made their team. And then he's like, then the cherry on top is Max Scherzer, and then the Astros go checkmate. We'll yeah. take Justin and, and hope and, and run it back. I, I mean, we laughed about this, I think on Tuesday that all the Mets number, like top ACE pitchers all ended up in, in Texas <laughs> now this season from yeah. last year to this year. So it's, yeah, that's a interesting one. So that's a good statement. You agree with that? I do agree with that. You agree yeah. with that. All right, let's move on to our next statement. Staying in the AL West, the angels playoff hopes depend on Mike Trout's return. The Los Angeles Angels absolutely cannot make the playoffs without Mike Trout. They're not down one of their two best players. They're they're almost down one and a half of their two best players without Mike Trout because of the way Shohei's getting treated at yeah. the plate right now. He needs you know? the protection. Without that protection of Trout, they're walking Shohei at a historic pace right now. You know, he's if he's getting four or five at bats a game, he's getting walked at least two or three of those at bats right now. And that's not going to happen without with with Mike Trout in the lineup. So I think getting him back makes Shohei better. It's obviously makes the lineup better. He's Mike Trout. Yeah. This, this team, as it currently sits, it's, it's a long shot for them to make the playoffs. It's a no shot without Mike Trout. You can't do it. This team is not good enough to make the playoffs without Mike Trout. And and they went and they did get better at the mm-hmm. trade deadline. I, I understand that, but I still don't think they did enough on the pitching side of things. I love Lucas Giolito, but I, I think the rotation needed more. We just saw him get rocked against yep. the, the Braves the other night. Um, so is that rotation good enough right now? I would say no, you you need more than Shohei and, and Giolito and, you know, th- they need depth in that rotation. So if you want to get to the playoffs, you need Mike Trout to be in that lineup doing Mike Trout things while also making Shohei better because they have to pitch to him. And you also have to take into consideration, like the division is probably going to go to one of the Texas teams who are just playing incredible baseball. We just talked about it in the last statement, the Rangers and the Astros. And right now the angels are four games out of a wild card spot with Seattle ahead of them, Yankees and Boston to even get into one of those wild card spots. Now, of course, Shohei Otani is still playing incredible baseball despite getting intentionally walked. He just won back-to-back player of the month. The last player to do that was Shohei Otani <laughs> back in July of 2021. So yes, he is playing great. But as you mentioned, he needs the protection of Mike Trout. He needs the support of Mike Trout. And that team needs the performance of Mike Trout to be great and uh, to get over nope. this one, two, three, four, three, four team hump to get into the wild card race. This team credit to them has done more than enough to tread water while Mike Trout is out. Yeah. But it's not going to be enough. They've done a great job. They need Mike Trout back and they need him to be Mike Trout to get into the playoffs. And again, 
it makes Shohei even better. And he's been he's been as good as you can possibly mm-hmm. be for the last two months, winning those back-to-back Player of the Month awards. And it had me thinking, who was the last to do it? Well, it was Shohei in 2021. Who before that? Chase Headley and Josh Hamilton in 2012. So it has been over a decade, Alex, yeah. since somebody has won back-to-back AL or NL player of the month awards that is not named Shohei Otani over a decade. It does not happen very often. So, uh, quite the, quite the stretch he's on. And, uh, that man Shohei Otani deserves to be playing in the postseason. So let's hope that the angels can, can get it done. And Mike Trout gets back and they can make it into the wild card spot because if not, yeah, he's most likely gone. So I would say the statement was, I think I agree with it. The Angels playoff hopes depend on Mike Trout's return. Yep, agree. Yep, you agree. (laughs) Okay, let's move on to our next statement. The Reds did enough to win the NL Central. You know, I don't exactly love what the Reds did at the trade deadline. I would have loved to see them be a little more aggressive. But what I would say is I don't think the rest of the NL Central did enough to beat the Reds in the division. Interesting. I, I, the more I think about this Reds team, the more I fall in love with this Reds team. <laughs> you know, like you have Andrew Abbott currently holding mm-hmm. it down in that rotation, but they're going to get Hunter Green and Nick Lodolo back at a certain point. So, you know, we can sit here and say they should have been super aggressive and traded some of those prospects for a big time arm. Well, they're going to get two big time arms coming back, hopefully the end of this month or, or, or soon. And that's going to help them tremendously. And since the beginning of July, the Cincinnati Reds team ERA is the third best in all of baseball. So they've been pitching pretty well. In the meantime, they have a closer in the back end of the bullpen that nobody has more saves than him and Alexis Diaz. And they have a lineup mm-hmm. that is, is so young that they don't even know they're not even old enough to get caught up in the moment of we're in a playoff race and, and tense up. This is just a crew that's having a blast playing baseball. And I talked to Matt McLean of the Reds for next Wednesday's guest episode will be him. But we talked about this Reds team and how much fun they're having because of all these rookies. You know, this is basically the team they've been playing with throughout the minors. They've just now moved up to the big leagues together and everybody that comes in, everybody that they call up is just like another friend of theirs getting called up to go on this journey with them. And he could just tell by talking to him how much fun and how exciting it is and how much fun it is playing baseball in Cincinnati right now. Um, but I had, when I had him on one, the news of Justin yeah. broke while I was talking <laughs> to Matt McClain. But two, I, I did this thing with him where, you know, all of the Reds, exciting rookies. You have Ellie, you have him, you have Christian Encarnacion Strand, you have Spencer Steer, you have Andrew Abbott, and that's just to name a few, but these guys are are stars. And we had a funny conversation where I asked him like, who's the fastest, who's the strongest, who has the most pop? And let's play that now. Uh, Who's the fastest? Ellie. (laughs) Uh, Best athlete? Ellie. Most pop? Ellie. 
Everybody most loves Ellie. <laughs> fastest Ellie. Most pop Ellie. Yeah. Uh, best athlete Ellie. Everybody yeah. loves them. Well, in the Ellie. world seeing it now, I, you, you heard about it, but you don't really get a sense and a taste of it until you're on the big stage and, and on TV and on a national broadcast. And not just the baseball world, but the sports world is falling in love with Ellie De La Cruz. You know who, you know, who might be the best of all of them. And yeah, you know, I think Ellie's future, Ellie gets all of the hype yeah. and, and rightfully so, but you know, who might be the best of all of that crew is Matt McClain. And the guy's hitting over 300 this year. He's, he's the most consistent player on that team. He, I, the reds are not where they are right now without Matt McClain. Yeah. Not even close. No. So, um, you know, I, I wanted to have him on to talk about what the Reds are going through right now in that city and how much they've rallied around them. You know, Reds fans, they just haven't had a team to to root for and to gravitate to for a while. But every single opening day, you look and the Reds are packing that place and it's a party in Cincinnati and it's such a good baseball city. And now for them to have a team that they feel and they should feel like mm -hmm. is going to win for a long time and to come out and support them is so cool. And to talk to Matt McClain about that and uh, the, the team can feel it. I think this team, I, I think they're ready to win the NL central this year. And I, I look, I'll be the first to say, I would not have felt that at the beginning of this year, but with this crew that's come up and back to the question, I don't think, I don't think the brewers, I don't think the Cubs did enough to, to take this from the Reds. I mean, they're in first place right now in the NL Central. I feel like this is going to be a down to the wire last couple of weeks of the season between the Reds, the Brewers, and the Cubs, who just recently went on an incredibly hot streak and yeah. changed kind of their whole future of this season. Like we thought they were going to be sellers, immediately became buyers. And well, they went on that hot streak. It. And then yeah. Tuesday, the last two nights, they've put up 36 runs. Yeah. I mean, the offense is there. Um, we'll, we'll see what happens. You know, yeah. the division's tight. The Reds are squeaking out over the, the Brewers right now. I don't know how many more times those two play each other this year, but the Reds can't beat the Brewers, which is a problem. That is uh, a problem. But maybe may, they might be done with this, but the Reds just went to LA and beat the Dodgers yeah. on the road. Like Huge. they're the real deal. Yeah. So you get back green, you get back Lodolo, you have Andrew Abbott. Those are three studs in a rotation around those rookies on offense. And that's a good team. All right, let's move on to our final statement. Matches your shirt you're wearing today. This is the best Braves team of all time. I don't say this lightly. Yep. But this is the best Atlanta Braves team in history. To have, to have the greatest Braves team of all time conversation, I think you need to step back to those 90s Braves team where they won 14 straight division titles. Think about that. I don't think we'll ever see 14 straight from 1991 to 2005. The Braves won the NL East. Okay. Now through that, that throughout that entire stretch, the Braves won one World Series. And that was in 1995. And I would argue that that was not the best Braves team of that stretch. I would say the 1998 Braves team was, was the, the best Braves team throughout that entire stretch. Uh, you had 
Four players hitting over 30 homers led by Andre Scalaraga. I was the biggest Braves fan in the world growing up. You had Andre Scalaraga, you had Chipper and Andrew Jones, you had Walt Weiss, you had Ryan Klesko, you had Smoltz, Glavin, Maddox, Kevin Millwood. I mean, the team was stacked and they went on to win 106 games. Chipper hit 313 that year. Glavin had 20 wins, and all three of those future Hall of Famers in the rotation had a sub three ERA that season. But that team didn't even win the pennant. They lost in they lost in the CS and the NLCS. So to me, I, I do believe that this current team is better than that 1998 Braves team. Let's let's talk about it. Yeah. Ronald Acuna. I'm wearing him on my shirt. Superstar. The big, the biggest superstar of this team. Just reached the 25 home run, 50 stolen base mark, and is the fastest player in history to ever reach that mark. 106 games. That's incredible. Then you have Spencer Strider the fastest pitcher in history to reach 200 strikeouts in a season, beating whose record his own, which he hit in his rookie season last year, which beat Randy Johnson. I don't think, I don't think people talk about this enough. Spencer Strider in his rookie season, didn't even start the year on the team in the rotation comes up and becomes the fastest pitcher in history to reach 200 strikeouts. And that's not just some, ho-hum record. You beat Randy Johnson, one of the best strikeout artists of all time. And then this year to top that and to one up that and beat his record. uh, It's just remarkable how good he's been. He was my NL Cy Young pick this Mm -hmm. year. And I feel good about that to this point. Uh, And then you have Matt Olson who has the most home runs in the national league this year. He's right on Shohei's heels at this point. He has 37 homers. Bet you not many people know this. Over the last six seasons in Major League Baseball, nobody has more home runs than Matt Olson. In the last six seasons, that's Matt Olson. You have the Braves offense as a whole with Austin Riley, Ronald Acuna, Matt Olson, Michael Harris, Orlando Arcia, Ozzy Albies, all of these guys currently on pace for 311 home runs, which would break the Twins' all-time record for home runs in a single season. And that's just talking about the offense pitching wise, Alex. It's Max Fried going to come back. Kyle Wright coming back. He was the leader in, in Major League Baseball in wins last year. This pitching staff is currently the only pitching staff in baseball with three pitches. Currently have three qualified starting pitchers in the top 12 in ERA. They lead all of baseball in ERA plus. They're first. The Astros are second. The Twins are third. They're, they're the complete package. This is the best Braves team of all time. And this team is built to win for a long time. Oh my God. They have the payroll to support it. We've, we've done a couple different breakdowns on kind of the, the Braves way. It's the new way they kind of created their own strategy of like, take a big swing at them, give them money while they're young, not a ton of money. So it's a steal when they (laughs) become really great and we're able to continue to build within. And they've just, they have created kind of this new young era of incredible baseball players to be able to stay all on the same team. You know, I, I talked about that 
record that seems unbreakable of 14 in a row. If anyone can beat the Braves record of 14 straight NL East titles, it might be this Braves team Yeah, for the foreseeable future will be as good as they are currently. Now, it's going to be tough in, in a division that I think is going to be good for, for a while. You have the Phillies who are good. You have the the Marlins who are very young and have a dominant rotation. And you have the Mets who have Steve Cohen as an owner who are clearly retooling right now for a very bright future. Um, but this team has a chance to, to, to be very good for a long, long time to come. And, you know, I was thinking about this earlier in the year and now we're here in, in the beginning of August and they appear as good as they have. They're as good as they ever have been at the moment. But I asked Smoltz this a long time, a long time ago, Alex, it, who is, is this the best Braves team we've ever seen? And he was a part of those 90s yeah. teams and listen to his answer. But this team is equipped to do anything they want. Offensively, they're gifted. Speed is through the roof and their pitching staff is more than adequate. And I think the, the fact that if they have, health in their rotation. They have decent depth, which is important today. I think it could be the best baseball team the Atlanta Braves have trotted out in a long time, if ever. And I know that goes all the way back to Hank Aaron, but I can't think of a better offensive squad than they've got really from the top to the bottom. Truth. Yes. This, in my opinion, is the greatest Braves team of all time. Yeah. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's stay in the NL East right now but kind of go to the <laughs> the opposite end of it and talk yeah. about a team that's 19 and a half games behind the Braves. We got to break down the state of the Mets right now because they just had a garage sale. Yeah. And there's been a lot of comments that came out, especially Max Scherzer. Where do you see this team for the remainder of this season and next year? You know, I- I've made a lot of comments over the last two years about Steve Cohen and how he is one of, if not the best owners in the game of baseball. Mm -hmm. Now this happens this season, which I have, have said, I, I believe this is the biggest disappointment of a season in the history of major league baseball. It is. And I have people, a lot of people coming at me now saying, Hey, what about now? Is he still a good owner, Ben? Do you still believe he's a good owner? And this is what I want to address. Yes, I still believe Steve Cohen is one of, if not the best owner in the game of baseball. And let me explain what I mean by that. Steve Cohen, since he took over as the owner of this team, has made it very clear that he has one goal of building this organization from within right? Building from a minor league system with homegrown talent and being successful that way for a long, long time to come. So what's happened this year? Well, it's been a colossal, massive disappointment, right? Well, yes, is the answer to that. But throughout his tenure as owner, he has never once jeopardized the future of the team by trading away minor league top prospects to get a return for players. What he's tried to do while simultaneously building within this organization is just use all of the money he has to have a good team in the meantime, right? Mm -hmm. I'm going to build this organization from within and we're going to build with 
Brett Beatty and Francisco Alvarez and Ronnie Mauricio and Mark Vientos and the miners. And, and we're going to keep this young core and we're, and that's how we're going to be successful. But Hey, I have more money than anyone else. I also want to, I, I want to field a competitive team in the meantime. So I'll go get Justin Verlander. I'll pay Max Scherzer. I'll, uh, you know, I'll, I'll add where I need to add and we'll have a competitive run at this while, while I'm trying to do what, what the long-term goal is. And that didn't end up working out, which is, I don't want to say fine. It's been a very disappointing season, but what ended up happening as a result of that? Well, look at the minor league system now. And yes, massive failure of a year. I will keep acknowledging that, but who'd they get in return? Well, you get Drew Gilbert, you get Vargas, you get Luis Angel Acuna, and you look down now at the top 10 prospects in the Mets organization, and that's one of the best top 10s you'll find in all of baseball. So this season that's ended up being a huge disappointment just fed right back into his overall long-term goal. And yes, there was more, it cost a lot of money, but again, that's just money. And you, it ain't your money. It ain't my money. It's Steve Cohen's money. And if he wants to use Justin as a piece to go out and get Drew Gilbert and send a bunch of money to the Astros for it, well, guess what? You look down at the Mets minor league system right now, and it's one of the best top tens in all of baseball. You want to talk about the top 10 prospects traded at the deadline? The Mets got four of them. So we can have this conversation about how disappointing this Mets season was. And I get it. It was the biggest disappointment in, in, in baseball history for a single season. But at least the Mets had the ability at the end of July to look in the mirror and say, this didn't work. Let's, let's use this as an opportunity to build towards our long-term goal which we've heard him, we've heard Steve Cohen talk about. We've heard Max Scherzer publicly come out and say, hey, the Mets said they aren't going to be competitive till 25, 26. Steve Cohen did come out and kind of, you know, said a little bit of the same thing, but also said, we're going to try and be, we're going to be competitive next year. But this organization and Steve Cohen has continued along what he said he wants to do, which is build from within. And I, I respect the way that he handled this season. I do. Yeah, no, I, I'm not mad at, Steve Cohen, Billy Epler, Mets front office, because obviously Steve Cohen's like one of the greatest businessmen in America, right? Richest owner, close to like 11 billion, something like that. He's a lot of billions. He knows what he's doing in terms of business, um, long-term return. He's, he's not looking at the short game. He's looking at the long game, yeah. which is why I wasn't upset with Max Scherzer's comments yeah. coming out and saying, I, He's 39 years old. Okay. So you have to respect the fact he does not have time to wait two years to be that top competitive with these top prospects that Steve Cohen is looking to build long-term to get to that ultimate goal. So I respect the fact that the Mets front office, Steve Cohen, whoever had that direct conversation with Max Scherzer and your brother who are 39 and 40 years old and are in a win now situation, you have to think yourself. You have to think about, I might only have one or two years left at this top level on the mound in my career. So they both had no trade clauses. They both wanted to stay in New York. Like you have to remember that they both wanted to stay, but once they got the base of the situation and the truth of the plan for the organization, which is we are building for the future. 
which doesn't necessarily mean you're not going to be competitive. It's just not going to be those top win now necessarily free agents that they're going after this next off season. They are looking to build for the long run. And I, I think it's fair. I think it's fair what Max came out and said, he's protecting himself. He's looking out for his career and his next, this season and next season to really, to try to go for it. So you, you think you have no problem with him publicly airing a private conversation? No, because it, he, you can tell he did not want to leave New York. He had a no trade clause. He wanted to stay there. There has to be a, a little bit of frustration right? Like I didn't want to leave. I put it in my contract. I do not want to leave this place. But then you're told we're going to do a little bit of a rebuild here. And we're looking in the next year or two. Why does he need to say that? If because you it's the no, truth. Why you, else? You have a no trade clause. Why did you decide to leave? You're just giving up on us. No, I think it's pretty obvious. Like if it, it was public that he went to talk to the front office, right? And yeah. if he ends up getting moved and waiving his no trade clause, I think it becomes pretty obvious that, okay, he was told something that made him want to move. I just, I, I didn't love that he publicly went and aired out everything that was talked about because now I, I think that affects, like Steve Cohen did come out and say like, yes, we're not going to be, you know, I shot him straight. We're not going to be as aggressive, but we are going to bring free agents in next year. And I think that affects, I I think that affects things when he goes out and and airs that pub, that private conversation. I think a, a free agent then, then looks at things and says, well, he said most likely 2026, they're not going to be competitive. I don't want to be a part of that. That's not his responsibility anymore. He is looking out for himself. He wanted to stay there. They made it very clear and honest what their plan was for the future. And I thought Max was just being real and raw and honest. They're not going for it next year. And now, like I just said, it ain't his responsibility. He's not on the Mets anymore. He is looking out for numero uno. He's looking out for himself and he is protecting himself and basically letting the fan base know I wanted to stay here, but the where I'm at in my career, how old I am, that's not where I am at to stay and wait that out. I get it. I don't I, have a problem with I that. I get it. I, I guess I w- in a perfect world in which you're not put on the spot in that exact second, I would have loved, I, I would have just said, I did talk to the front office and didn't exactly get the answers that I was looking for. So I decided to waive my no trade clause and that's how I'm here in Texas. I, I would not have personally aired exactly what Billy Epler and Steve Cohen said to him. I, I, I as and, a reporter, I love it. Of course, I, it's of raw. Course. It's honest. This is, this is what you want to hear. And this is, it makes sense. You're like, Oh, okay. Yeah. That's, that's why I waved it done. Good. No questions asked that. I, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I get it. And I, as a, you know, I'm fine with it. I wouldn't have said it. I might, I, I might disagree with the way he went about it. However, I'm fine. Like it's good for, you know, it's, it's an answer we don't get often, which is why it's so great. Yeah. I I get, I get your side of it. I do. All right. Yeah. That's fair. Getting ready to take on spring. Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools from hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more. Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. All right, BVP time. BVP time. Let's head on up. Alex, it has been 
a couple of weeks, maybe even like a, a month, month since I've updated this BVP list, which if you're just keeping track or you know this or you don't, BVP, every week, usually, top five best players in baseball for the season. BVP basically bends valuable players, most valuable, but combining both leagues. So National League and American League, as if there was only one MVP award to give out at the end of the year. That's basically what this list is. And throughout the season, we've had a pretty consistent top three going on here, which I think is pretty similar this week. So let's get started with number five, a new face in the BVP, Kyle Tucker. Yeah, we got a couple new faces here this week. One of those being Kyle Tucker, who is on the season hitting over 300, around to 300. He's hitting 318 homers, 74 RBIs, and an OPS of 885 on the year. You know, Kyle's also wearing, he's been wearing batting gloves a lot this year, which is not his thing. But, you know, you got to do what you got to do. Whatever's working. And and Kyle, Kyle's playing a gold glove caliber right field. Mm -hmm. He's been, he's, he's great out there. And offensively, I mean, look at these numbers. 300 with 74 RBIs and 18 homers. Kyle Tucker has played himself into the MVP conversation in the American League. We'll get to it. He's he's in that top three conversation. Okay. Okay. Let's move to number four, Matt Olson. Matt Olson is on the heels of Shohei Otani for that MLB home run lead this year. He has that. He's at 37 now. He paces everybody with 91 RBIs. It is the beginning of August, and Matt Olson (laughs) has 91 RBIs and an OPS of 967 on the year. 37 homers. He's been phenomenal. And I, I, you know, like when you look up at the end of the year with Matt Olson, his batting average will never jump out at you, right? And that's a stat that a lot of people like to look at. But please start looking at guys' OPS and and the the number of runs somebody's driving in to, to talk production. Because I think it would surprise a lot of people that in the last six years, Matt Olson leads everybody in all of Major League Baseball. And home runs. I think that was my biggest shock when you said that when we were talking about, is this the best Braves team of all time? I wouldn't have guessed that it was Matt Olson. Yeah. And, and a lot of that is, you know, he gets a, he's getting more hype now being in Atlanta for now yeah. a year and a half, a year and three quarters, whatever it is. But he was doing that. He was doing this in, in Oakland yeah. for, for years before this, for the yeah. four years That's of the fair. first six of the six we're talking about. So not a ton of, media yep. hype coming out of, of no, Oakland there, but he's the been, he's been fantastic for a long time. And right now he's one of the best players in baseball. All right. Let's move to your top three. Some familiar faces at number three, Freddie Freeman. Yeah. Freddie has been, I really think that NL, the NL MVP race, I think it, I think it's getting a bit closer. I mean, you look, Freddie's batting 338. Yeah. On the season with 21 homers, 75 RBIs, and an OPS over a thousand on the year. I mean, when you're putting up those sort of numbers, when you're on base plus slugging is anywhere close to a thousand, and you're hitting 338 at the same time while driving in 75 runs, and he's second in Major League Baseball in there and and average. I mean. Mm-hmm. 
what a season he's having. I, I really think this NL MVP race, uh, though, though I do agree with who's the leader, and we'll talk about it in a second, I think Freddie is, is closing that gap. All right, well, let's talk about the man right in front of him at number two, Ronald Acuna Jr. Yeah, look, I, I still do believe that Ronald Acuna is the NL MVP. And I do believe it should be a fairly heavy favorite to this point. I just think Freddie's starting to close that gap. But when you look at a player that is, oh, guess what? You want to talk about high averages. Ronald is still hitting 335 on the year with 25 homers. And his average is third overall, right behind Freddie with 64 RBIs. And then you add on the 51 stolen bases. And we, we mentioned it earlier. Yeah. He's the fastest player ever to reach 25 homers and 50 stolen bases in a season. He did it in 106 games. I mean, this is a historically good season. And you have to have, in my opinion, when you start talking the big awards, and I've talked about this before, those moments, yeah. right? Like, or, or, or those, like he's doing something that hasn't been done before. And I think we're going to look back on that. And I do believe he should be, as of right now, the most valuable player. But the, his, his OPS is over 1,000 as well. So you start adding all of these things together. Do not construe what I was just saying. Ronald Acuna is the favorite in the NL to win the MVP award. And he should be. I just think we should be talking a little more about Freddie Freeman and the season he's having. But I think it's getting overshadowed a bit by the remarkable year with 51 stolen bases yeah. that Ronald Acuna Jr. Which is, is what we were kind of hoping to see with the new rule changes with yeah. the bigger bases Absolutely. and no shifting. So it's baseball. Exciting. Yeah, baseball is in a great. We've we talked we a lot about the, the attendance and and baseball is heading on quite the upwards trajectory and the new rules and allowing allowing players to showcase their skills to the best of their ability is yep. what I would say. Because Ronald stealing 51 bases... is fun. It's fun. It's so fun. <laughs> you know what else is helping? Our number one DVP, Shohei Otani. Just yeah, the yeah, best. Yeah. The best of the best. Back-to-back player of the month. This is the best player in baseball. He's the best player in the world. He's the best athlete that I've seen in my lifetime. He's won back-to-back Player of the Month awards, which he did in 2021. But since him, hasn't been done since 2012. And he's now done it twice in the last two, in the last three years. He's got 39 homers. He's a pitcher with a 3-4 ERA that leads all of baseball in homers. 81 RBIs. He's got 156 strikeouts on the mound. He's throwing complete game one hitters while going out an hour later and hitting two home runs in a game. There is no single doubt in, in my mind and in anybody's mind. And if, if you're not saying this, then you're just being a hater. This is the best player yeah. in baseball. This is the best player that I have ever seen, hands down. Best hitter I've ever seen, yeah. Barry Bonds. Best player that I've ever seen, hands down, in my life, not even close, is Shohei Otani. Enjoy it. While it's right in front of your face. Yep. This is fun. So a couple of new names here. Kyle Tucker, Matt Olson are now in the top five of the BVP for the first time. Freddie, Ronald, Shohei, all been here for a while now. Yeah. Fun stuff. All right. We're going to wrap things up with our fan questions because now it's officially X 
I'm gonna keep. I, I'm gonna keep rolling with Twitter. Oh, we're gonna keep calling it Twitter. I don't know. You type in Twitter.com, and what happens? You go. Twitter. You go to Twitter. <laughs> I just that's just so silly to me. That's okay. Let's get started with our first. Then I'll say Twitter question. Yeah. We'll just we'll just keep it a Twitter question. This one comes from Darius. Was it a mistake for the Braves not? to trade for a starting pitcher at the deadline or does the return of Max Fried and having the best lineup in baseball make it a non-issue? You know, the Braves were one of my winners of the trade deadline. Our trade deadline show, we went through all 30 teams and put them on one side or the mm-hmm. other. Were you a winner? Were you a loser? The Braves admittedly didn't do a ton, but in my opinion, did enough. Yeah, added Brad Hand as a good, solid lefty bullpen arm. and you're going to get Max Freed back, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. and Kyle Wright, who led all of Major League Baseball last year in wins. So it's almost like you're adding two arms back to your yeah. team that you know is you're going to win the division. Yeah. So do you need to, in the mid at the end of July, panic because these two guys are going to be out for a little while longer and add to your rotation? When you know you're a playoff team, mm-hmm. you know you're probably going to be a one or a two seed and get that the benefit there. So wh- why panic? Yeah. They, they didn't need to. I think they did enough. I think their needs were bullpen help. Yeah. They did that. They added my friend, Nikki Lopez, who adds versatility to an infield and fantastic defense. Um, so yeah, I, I, I don't think it was a mistake. I don't think they should have sacrificed any of the very bright future that they have for a team that is elite and the best team in baseball and getting pitchers back. And running away with the division. And if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Okay, let's move on to our next question. This one comes from Seth Green. With the trades the Astros and Rangers made, would you say it's an ALCS preview? I would say that I hope it's an ALCS preview. It'll be telling if it is. I I don't know. It's, It's going to all depend on seating, right? Like one of them is going to get in as a wild card Mm -hmm. and it's either like, which, how do they match up? Which seat are they? Will they play each other in the ALDS if they both win or the ALCS if they keep winning? That's a question that I don't have the answer to, but I do think these two teams uh, right now, I I think it would be a great ALCS matchup. I, 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 I'm not ready to say that I'm, I, I think the Astros are the best team in the American League. Mm-hmm. But now I, adding your brother. Yeah, I, I think they're set up to win the best <laughs> in the playoffs of everybody. Yeah. But I'm not ready to yet say that the Rangers are, are better than the Orioles. I love the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, I wish they had done I, I wish they had done more. Mm-hmm. I I wish they had gone to get an elite starter. And then we're talking a team in the playoffs that could do some damage. Uh, but you know. I think an Astros-Rangers series would be super exciting, but I, I don't know. If we get a Rangers-Orioles series, let's say a Rangers-Orioles-ALDS, that sounds exciting to me. And I don't know who went. The, the Orioles are good. They are. Yeah. But if this It'll happens, be fun. if this happens, Astros-Rangers-ALCS, yeah. get your popcorn ready. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to our third Twitter question. Were the D-backs overperforming in the first half of the season or are they underperforming now? Which is the real team? This is tough for me because I, I am a, a big, big supporter yep. of Fan. the D-backs. Love the team, love the future, love the direction. 
And I can say all of that while also saying I think they were probably overperforming a bit at the beginning of the season for the first half of the year. Uh, and, and that's not to say like they're not a good team. I just think if I have to pick one of these, were they overperforming or, or underperforming? You know, were they overperforming or underperforming now? If I have to pick one, I would say it's, it's a combination, but closer to they were probably overperforming a bit. They don't have the rotation, in my opinion, to be an elite team in the league right now. You know, you have Zach Allen, who I think is one of the best in baseball. You have Merrill Kelly, who's pitching great this year. I just, you, you look at the elite teams around the league, and most of them, I think Orioles aside, yeah. you need like, you need a couple, you need two, three arms that are, that are fantastic for you. And I, I just don't, and, and depth. And I don't think the, I don't think the uh, D-backs have that third and depth in the rotation to be, or they need to. But I, I think D-backs fans should be extremely excited about the future of the team. And All they right. can get in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, they can. Anything's possible. All right, one more. This one comes from Threads. The question is, what MLB team's failure either to win a pennant or World Series still makes you scratch your head the most? Um, uh, let's see. This is a good question. Of team's failure to win a pennant or World Series. My mind goes... To a couple different places. Uh, we'll work our way in reverse. Um, the 2019 Astros okay. uh, losing to the Nationals when they went back home for game six and seven up 3-2 and you had Justin and Garrett Cole on the mound for you in game six and seven. Losing that World Series um, still hurts. That, yeah. one, that one was tough and the, the Astros were... The Astros were the heavy, heavy favorite in that series, and they there's no way around that. They just blew it, and that still perplexes me that they lost there. Um, I would say the Dodgers throughout this stretch, only winning one mm-hmm. uh, with a team as talented as they are. If you want me to point to one specifically, I guess recency bias, I'll go with last year losing to the Padres. I think that that was a head-scratcher for me. Uh, And then those Braves teams that I grew up watching in the 90s and early 2000s, only winning one World Series. That 90, the 98 Braves, man. The 98 Braves. (laughs) So those those will be my answers. And on that, that wraps it up. That wraps it up. Yeah. All right. Great episode. Thursday episode. We're live here in studio on Thursdays. We will be back tomorrow for our Friday episode of Flippin' Bats. This one has been a lot of fun. Thank you all for listening. Make sure you're subscribed. Wherever you're listening, hit that subscribe or follow button. We're also on all social media, including YouTube, where you can watch every single thing we do at Flippin' Bats Pod there. Thank you all for listening to this fun Thursday episode. Until tomorrow, my friends, peace.